Hi, I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Hello, it's Jake, talking to you on a Monday night after a weekend in which I attended three birthday parties, and yet I feel well-rested, not even remotely hungover. And that is a true blessing from the going out gods. Feeling very lucky today, and feeling very lucky for you because you guys have such a great episode to listen to. This is a conversation I really, really enjoyed having. Our guest, Taylor Guerin, is so smart, so talented, so funny. She made a feature film called As of Yet that won the Nora Ephron Prize at the Tribeca Film Festival. She has written for The uh, the Onion, Reductress, Vulture. Uh, you may have seen her on Twitter. She is so funny. And this conversation, I wanted to have her on after we had a really fun night together at a birthday party. We'd known each other on the, online for a long time, but hadn't really hung out in real life. And we hung out at this one birthday party and I was like, wait, going out with Taylor is really fun and I want to have her on the show. And I did, and it was the best. So please enjoy me going out with Taylor Guerin. So as I was saying, you and I recently went out, had like a night out together for the first time at uh, yeah. Cookies. Yeah, beautiful. It actually, I feel like um, our first night out was for your birthday, which like it doesn't count technically because it was, you know, you were busy, you were seeing all other people. Like also that um, bar was just flooded with like 22 year olds. So I was like dissociating a little bit. Um, it was at that time. So that the whole experience of that birthday party was really intense. And the thing about it is I'm starting, I had, okay, I need to caveat. It was saying like, it was such a fun night. Me and my friend Marsha so did like a joint party, but like, I am starting to realize there is something like inherently stressful about hosting a birthday party, like especially 100%. hosting a big birthday party. Like, mm-hmm. Cause like, especially I think because Marsha and I did it together, Marsha and I have a lot of friends together. There was like double the draw power. So like the people showed up and suddenly it's like the pressure of being like, there's 60 people here. And I feel like I have to give all of them FaceTime to be like, thank you for coming to my birthday. It's suddenly like, is this my fucking wedding? Like it was (laughs) in this way, this was intense. And we did choose a bar purely because of its size and because it was cheap. Mm. It is huge. Uh, it's huge, which I love. Like it, there's it's like the two floors, like pool and stuff. And it's the high really ceiling. Cool. So you can't really get claustrophobic, which I'm into. Yes. However, 100%. I had never been there on like, cause I've only ever gone there for like a chill pre-dinner beer at like five. And it's like really sure, low sure, key. Sure. So I was unaware that it is like the like fake ID happy hour of like after like 8, 8 PM on a Friday. Like it, I was like, Oh, we are, It was like, you could tell purely by age who was there for our birthday party and who was like the clientele. Who was 19. Who was a 19 year old. (laughs) Yeah. I walked in um, while I was like waiting at the door to get in. And the guy at the door was checking my Vax card and also like my ID. And there was another black person standing behind me. And he was like, are you guys together? And I was, which is like ignoring the obvious, like, are you guys together? That's fine. Um, He was like, are you guys together? And I was like, oh no. And he said, not yet, huh? (laughs) And then he laughed. The guy behind you or the bouncer? The bouncer. Absolutely not. You're um, absolutely not. And it was just like, well, it's going to be a night. 
it's going to be like an interesting night. Here and we you know are. What? It sure was. And I had a great time. Yeah, we had a good old time. It was definitely like full court press, but I had a good time. I was, yeah, 100%. I was very happy. Birthday, hosting birthdays is so is stressful. When is your birthday? Um, it's in May, May 21st. Taurus. But it's like, I, I threw a party this year actually. Uh, and it was because it was, at that time, like late May, where people were like, all right, cool. Like I've been double vaxxed. Like, yeah, you know, I most remember. Of my friends were like two weeks out for being it. And also it was before Delta was scary. So it yeah. was like this kind of three week period of just like bliss where we were like, we we're post pandemic. Like this is it. Like we're doing it. And I threw this party and it was in my friend's backyard. So people like, you know, who are still feeling a little iffy. It was like outside. So that felt okay. Um, and it was like huge. And I had such a great time and I was so hungover the next day, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's stressful. You feel like you got to talk to everybody. You feel like, you know, there's food, but like, did I get enough? There's cake, but like, yeah. do people need that? Is it like childish to have cake at a birthday party when you're in your late twenties? I don't know. That's um, why I realized, like I've always, when I was younger, I used to fantasize about a surprise party. I think purely out of the idea of like validation of being sure. like, Oh, if someone, if, if my friends and like my loved ones threw me a surprise party, like that is a true form of like love. Yeah. They love and care about me. But like now I'm like, and they care enough to keep it secret. Yeah. You know? Like, well, like I think like, um, quite infamously when I was, um, in the seventh grade, I deliberately did not have a birthday party in the hopes that a surprise party would be thrown for me. Um, and then my best friend got confused and was like, Oh, when's your birthday party? And I was like, there isn't one thinking that meant she was like slipping the beans. Like, that, like yeah, like revealing that there was a birthday party. So mm -hmm. I spent all my birthday being like so excited for my party later. And Brittany was like, my, she like, she was like, I need you to understand there's not a party. Like I'm really, and I was like, you're such a good actress. And then like fast forward oh to me, like eight 30 at night sitting on the couch. And I was like, Oh, Word. Oh, there like there was no party. <laughs> there's no party. Oh my gosh. Um, I... But now I would love a surprise party purely, not purely, the surprise would be gorgeous, but also being like, yeah. oh, it's not planned. Like I did not plan any of this. And it's not your responsibility at all. A hundred percent. Like, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's like the beauty of it. When you're a kid, it's like, or when you're younger, it's like, yeah, my friends like me. I'm now it's like, yeah, yeah, my friends like me, but that's a smaller actual issue than like, I don't have to plan any of this. None of this is involved. I can leave when I want. Um, and that's, that's like beautiful. Yeah. But cookies was fun too. Cookies was, and cookies was another birthday party, which, mm -hmm. um, I had a good time at. I liked the vibe there a lot as well. The back yeah. has like a little bit of like a Shire Lord of the Rings vibe to it. Not the backyard, that back room with yeah. the stone floors. You know what's interesting is that makes total sense. And I don't know how, but it does have like a Lord of the, it has like a kind of mortar, like a middle earthy middle. Like, yeah. yeah. It was, I walked in, I was like, okay, so like Hobbit vibes a little bit. <laughs> 100%. Especially that like one kind of tail, like booth where that, it was the, like, the round. it was impossible circle booth where it's like you scooch in and it's like, you have to go to the bathroom. That's hell. Cause now everyone has to get up. You have to like do the weird butt scooch to like get out. Those, that was very like medieval vibes. The round tables that are walled in on three sides really, mm. I feel that television shows made us think that those are a normal thing to sit at when purely they're just a really mm -hmm. easy thing to film a group at. Cause it's 100%. like, yeah. When, if the center person has to pee, I'm like, well, piss yourself. We've already gotten up four times. Like, Crawl I'm, under the table. Cause like, I don't, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sitting here. You know what I mean? I'm comfortable. And someone's drinking. Like, yes. 100%. Um, it's funny. Like I haven't thought about, I was obviously thinking about birthday parties when I was planning mine, but like, I feel like there's this inverse like correlation when we're younger the pressure of birthday parties because they're like the main social event yeah. is so high. Mm -hmm. And then as you get older, it's like that has to go down or something's wrong with you. Like the people who are like really intense about their birthday party, you know, like, like I remember, I remember when you were hosting your birthday party and you were like, mm -hmm. just like posting like, Hey, chill DM me if you want the address. Like it's very low key, but people who are like, do I'm, you have to like, let it go down. But I feel like people 
still carry the trauma of the pressure of birthday parties from when they were younger. And so 100% I get I the number of DMs I got from my friends being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I missed your birthday. And I'm like, if you had been there, we would have talked for two notice. minutes. Like, I don't care. It's fine. And now like I have like four dinners planned that are like apology, like sorry I missed your birthday dinner. And I'm like, I'll take these that's dinners. But like, yeah, yeah, 100%. That's, like that's free food. I love that. I'm down. I, yeah, I know. I always I always do feel guilty when especially when I've already told someone I'm going to make it, but it's like we're freaking adults. Things like happen, you know. Sometimes it's like I've eaten dinner and now I'm bloated. And like it's just not going to happen for That's me not today, gonna happen. you know and and it's important to caveat we are talking about birthday parties like you can't bail yes. on a birthday dinner like a reservation no, six rude. people you need to show up I'm or there sure. needs to be like a very good excuse very good excuse or like this a is like a party where it's like open invitation bring whoever you want like it's not going to be weird like people are going to show up i have a core group of friends who are going to be there and if that's it that's like and fine. that's it yeah a hundred percent yeah um i'm glad i was really sad i couldn't go to your birthday party so i'm glad it's good it was good See, okay, this is not meant to be rude. I didn't even realize that you that you were not there. Like, it's not. I was no, like, of I'm course sure you that you were, of but it wasn't like. And what's I'm, funny is I feel stupid because I remember when I couldn't go, I sent you a long DM being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And now that my birthday party was last week, I'm like, she didn't fucking care. She was like busy. Like, it doesn't like, no one cares about their birthday party. Like, no, no one cares I, about it's who's never. Coming. Yeah, it's never like I, um, oh my God, like they don't like me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, if they didn't come to my birthday party, like they they must not like care about me. We're not friends. It's just like, yeah, come or don't, like whatever. Come or don't, hundred percent. Um, I was like real intense. I was okay. I'm gonna come out of the closet as somebody who loves birthdays. I do, and I, love I have you know I had this conversation with Caleb Heron on his podcast recently, where it's like I am just kind of like a like a corny person fundamentally, and I like fully embrace that and like lean into it, I and I think that. it actually makes it not as corny you totally. know like when people are corny and they and they think that they're not or they're like behaving in that way it's like no no no. i love that i love birthdays i love parties i love somebody getting good news and celebrating i love like doing a nice thing getting a gift for my friend that i know they're gonna like be excited about and, like watching them open it like i love all that shit, i love you know? that that's so nice and when i was young my my mom really loves parties too and we we're like good at planning them so like all like you know the eight nine ten parties were like super fucking cute and like fun and like everyone you know all my friends came and they got little goodie bags like it was very much that um and then you know, I did, like, I had like a sweet 16, uh, and it was eighties themed for some reason, which is like, I was not even alive in the eighties. I do not know why. <laughs> I, I do not know why I had an eighties themed birthday party it made no sense. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And like the pictures from it, like pop up on, you know, like this day, 10 years ago on like Facebook whatever, you know, every yeah. once in, like once a year pops up. I'm like, Oh, that was nice. And I still have this one friend, Aaron, who is like, not that he's sorry that he missed that birthday, but that he uh, regrets missing it because everybody like talked about it at school and he was like left out. He's on a ski trip or something. So that's huge because that means your birthday was like the social event of that grade. It was like talked about. It was talked about. I mean? And like, and I, and everyone had to dress like they were from the eighties, which was funny to watch a bunch of, you know, like millennials, uh, <laughs> dress, like, you know, make this up. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I was always really about birthdays. And now as an adult, it's like, I'll plan a party, you know, and like, I'll make sure people are coming and we'll celebrate it simply because I like, you know, I love an occasion. Absolutely. Um, but it's not, I don't know. I feel like people are like, okay, it's my birthday week. So this day we're all going to go do this. And then Tuesday, we're all going to go do this. And Wednesday, you have to make sure that you bring your significant others. Cause we're all going to go like double do this. And it's just like, we're adults. You were born one day. You weren't born seven days. Like, I'm so sorry. 100%. Like, I love you, babe. But that's just yeah. how that shakes out for me. Okay. So, Taylor. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> we can talk about birthdays forever, but I want, no, I'm dying yeah, to know. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm dying to know, what does going out mean to you? I feel like that's evolved for obvious reasons over the past, like, you know, year and a half, two totally. years. Um, but even before that, it's like when you're, when I was like in my early 20s, going out was like, all right. 
we are going to eat a bunch of pizza. We're going to put on like a really short skirt and like heels, despite that it's really cold. And we're just going to (laughs) pop to as many places as, and get as many drink, like dudes to buy us drinks as we like possibly can. And it like, like hangover who do you know like we oh, were 21 or 22 it didn't matter then as i get older going out like and also started doing comedy sometimes going out is just like oh my friend's having a party at this bar i'm gonna have a couple of drinks you know or like oh um you know it's been a while since i went out dancing let me like grab one of my friends who's like into that and we'll go out dancing um but now that i'm like you know ancient to me going <laughs> out is like going out is like a whole to do like i have to mentally prepare for it like it's going to be not the highlight of my week, but the thing that I have to um, kind of get ready for the, the most. Point almost, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like I'm planning an outfit because it's like, and it has to be good because I don't have another option. Like I don't have another chance, you know, until like next month or, you know, a while. Um, so it's definitely like an occasion. It's like a thing that I, that I enjoy doing, but as I'm getting older, you just, you, you run out of steam a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's definitely the trend um, of the conversations I've been having with people that are like closer to my age, mm-hmm. where it's like, it's like we're transitioning from quant quantity to quality. It's like I'm not yes. gonna go out five nights in the week. I'm gonna go out one, one hundred percent. But I'm gonna make sure that that one like fucking bangs. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm like going all in. Like I'm staying out until. I guess in New York, it's like, you know, two or three is like a reasonable time to like get back home, especially because there's like still slice places open. 100%. Sometimes um, um, I do like sober me does favors for like drunk me where it's like, I know I'm going to be home and I'm not going to be in the really headspace to kind of do anything responsible. So like, totally. I'm going to like, I like put out a glass of water next to my bed Bless or like, you. you know, I'll make sure I like, I'll, I'll, this is actually something I've gotten to recently. I make a box of Annie's mac and cheese before I go out and I put it in the fridge so that when I get home and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm starving. Pop that shit in the microwave for a minute. Like you're good. And you're is, waking up feeling like shit, but still. That yeah. is genius because something that I'm currently really struggling with, and I don't know if you've encountered this, but Uber has recently added a feature that I think should be outlawed, which is when you are using Uber and mm-hmm. you get in the Uber, the Uber app automatically, once you get in the car, opens mm-hmm. Uber Eats. And that is poison. Like, so, that <laughs> is the most manipulative black like, mirror shit. No, that and you know what? It's fucking genius. It's like that fucking, is fucking genius. Do you know how much money they've made off of me from that one move? Because guess what? I live in delivery distance of that's opened all night. Oh a Popeyes. <gasps> so that's becoming a huge medical issue for me. No, Popeyes <laughs> is one of those things I can only eat when I'm drunk. And then I wake up and I'm like sometimes I'll even just like brown out and forget that I had it. You know, yeah, and then no, I wake 100%. up the next morning and I'm, and I must run to the restaurant. And then you see the little and crumblies on your coffee table of all the fried chicken. And you're like, okay, we know what okay. happened. Or like, you know, you, you like wake up and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I did have Popeye's last night. Huh? Absolutely. But it's also just like a great way to clear your system the next morning. So I'm not even hating on it. It's a know? purge, but it's like, it's, <laughs> I need to stop because it's like, oh, I'm eating a day's worth of calories when I get home after my full day of fried chicken and then waking up and eating breakfast. So that to me, that's like lizard brain vibes. Cause it's like you, <laughs> you know, you're, you're like, your brain is still kind of like, okay, well you just poisoned yourself. We need to like get, we need to purge a, and we need to like get something in there so that you are like, you know, we have to be awake and alert for predators tomorrow. Like we don't have time for this. Yes. There's lions and shit. Um, and so to me, that's like you being really in touch with like kind of your, 
your ancestry, your like, yeah, your like instincts. And I think that's, I think that's beautiful. And I don't think that, um, I think that should be celebrated. I appreciate that. I feel like li- our lizard brains must be so annoyed with us at all times being like, hey, so this alcohol thing we've talked about, um, again, it's poison. Um, it is so, poison. Like- <laughs> uh- <laughs> we've been going over this And for- then we're like, all right, fine. Well, I'm not going to drink tonight, but I am going to do a lot of Molly. Yeah. And, and, and your brain's like, your brain's like, no, 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 that wasn't, that wasn't exactly. They're like, what <laughs> if you right are, track, stayed but- with yourself for a night and you're like, um, I don't know, you know? No. Like, <laughs> so are you, um, okay, so I'm getting the going out vibe. Are you a restaurant person? I love restaurants. And it's like, it was actually, oh God, this is going to make me sound a certain type of way, but it was one of the most irritating things, difficult things about the the bad part of the pandemic. It's still bad, but we're just ignoring it. No, totally. Uh, when we were all paying attention to it, that was like a hard part for me because it was like, I love restaurants. I love cooking too. And I love like cooking for a group of people, but like the idea that I can like go out and have someone bring me food and I don't have to do the dishes and I could, you know, make small talk with the servers. Like, oh God. The thing, the pan- when the pandemic was in the thick of it, the mm-hmm. thing that I was like, I was like, it's the dishes. Like I did not mind cooking for myself. I was Mm. like, and I I remember saying this over and over again. I was like, I'm not excited to go to a restaurant and eat the food. I'm excited to go to a restaurant and not wash a fucking dish. I was, because I didn't have a dishwasher for the first half of the pandemic. And I was Mm. like, I cannot wash another dish. Like I can't. It's God. It's like, it's, mm. I also didn't have a pan of a dishwasher for the first half of the pandemic. And it was like, Thankfully, I lived with roommates, so it was like, all right, cool. I will do the cooking, and then, you know, the rest of y'all can team up and do the dishes or, like, vice versa, which is fine because then I'm not doing them, like, constantly for myself totally. all the time. But I moved into an apartment with a dishwasher, and it is it, – it's it's changed my life, and I'm not – I'm never going back, and I, I I know how that makes me sound. No, and I'm frankly, in the same in, boat because I got, a re, I got a COVID deal, so I currently yeah, have – yeah, so I currently have dishwasher, washer, dryer, and backyard. Same. Okay, I'm so, like in a building, so it's like the, it's like a building backyard, but I have like no, in so. unit washer, dryer, and dishwasher, which is just beyond my wildest dreams and only because same. there was no one living here. And same. like the person who manages the building was like, please move in. Exactly, like same. And mm-hmm. I feel like it has me by the neck because I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I've, cause I, I look at street easy when I'm bored just to see like what's happening in terms of like, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I also do the thing like breast. one of my favorite, like, like uh, do you ever play the game of like, if I make this much money, what would an apartment look like that I could afford? And you just like start to look at like more rents than you can afford. Yes. It's like one of my favorite games. Love that. Anyway. So like I was doing that and realized like recently I was like, what if I could afford $4,500 a month in rent? Like just like thinking like, what would that look like in New York? Sure, 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 sure. And the units I was looking at did not have washers and dryers. <laughs> like that's what and I was like. Cause it's so bad right now. It's the opposite. Like moving right now is like yeah. hell. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it's not ever not hell, but it's like a particularly inner circle of hell right now. And I 100%. was like, Oh damn. Like, like I can't move. I can't move until the world ends because like this, I don't know how oh, I can't afford anything this nice. And like, I don't, I can't go back to not having a dishwasher. And I'm not going back. Yeah. I no. could. Okay. I could do without the washer dryer and unit. If there was one in the building or even one I live next to, that would be fine for me. I, it's not what I'd prefer. Your dishwasher like, over washer dryer and unit? 100%. Yeah, yeah, Wait, I actually really don't know which one I am. That's, it's tricky. It's tricky. That's hard. That's hard. I could do in building, I guess. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm really not trying to ever carry the bag down the street again. The bag down I the street you. was a hard. But then again, it wasn't that bad. I'm, I guess dishwasher is maybe more day to day. Cause you use yeah. that every, you probably use it every two days, but you're putting shit yeah, in it yeah. every you day. You run it, you, you, I mean, you run it every couple of days, but it's like, 
I just feel like net in terms of like net uh, like use and appreciation, it's dishwasher for me. Yes, and I guess it's just because like I live in this neighborhood that has like a laundromat everywhere. And there's like one, there are 24 hour ones and also ones that you could like schlep your bag over there, drop it off and they wash it, dry it and fold it for you. And then you just pick it back up. There's and, like, a put really it away. good one on Nostrand and I really liked the people there and I kind of miss them. It's like the one downside to having a dishwasher is I liked their energy. They were good people. Oh, um, that's hard. But also, the thing about dishwashers is, like, have you have you ever encountered the people who, like, kind of think it's a personality trait to be like, I actually prefer not having a dishwasher. Because they they leave a bad taste People make enough. a personality out of out of anything. And and that's their right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, yeah. if I didn't have a personality. It's like, sometimes I think about what I would what I would make my personality out of if I didn't kind of necessarily <laughs> have like, an effervescent one. Um, and I feel like I've been thinking about, like, the real scary ones, like the Disney adults. I cannot fuck with that. I cannot and yeah that's like, really really tough that's like really tough I still have trauma from one time I was like, hanging out with someone for an extended period of time like and I was like vibing with this person I was like oh this is fun like we're having a good time mm-hmm. and I, we, I think we were at a bar or at a restaurant and check came they pull out Disney debit card and that was really destabilizing for me to no, just that'll that, like fuck that your day kind of, like that's your whole kind of like that's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, you have to kind of reestablish yourself in reality. You know, it's like your brain kind of like dissociates at that point just to like protect you, you know? And it's like, and you're out to dinner. So like, what do you, you're you're still stuck and you've already, yeah, you put in time. It was really hard. The Disney adults is tough. I felt really bad. Do you know Jay Jordan? Yes. Yeah. He posted, I've, I've like, I laughed, but also felt bad for him and myself where he was like realizing my personality is being an X-Men fan, which is now owned by Marvel, which makes me a Disney adult. And I was like, <gasps> oh, oh no, that's so I tough. Find, like, like nerdy subcultures. Like, I don't think uh, Disney is like a nerd subculture. I think it's just kind of like cringy. It's like you were stunted and I get it. We're millennials. We're all stunted. But it's like, like there's no way on. you have a healthy, it's like, I don't believe your marriage is healthy. This is okay. I might no. be offending people when I say this, but like, if you're a Disney adult, I don't believe your marriage is healthy. <laughs> I have these pictures that I have been keeping to myself because I'm working on myself, but they're screenshots of um, when I was still visiting Facebook, like this girl that I went to middle school with who actually stole my boyfriend uh, when I went away to nature's classroom for a week. And I came back and he was like, by the way, I'm with her. And now he's happily married to his husband. They have a couple of kids. It was a whole thing. Anyway, um, she got engaged and her husband is her fiance. Well, now husband is also a Disney person. And the pictures that they took, I'm going to send them to you privately because I I literally have tried to like, put them publicly and have and like have turned around because it's like I don't want to embarrass her and I also don't want to make myself look any type of way but it's like balloons shaped like Mickey's head and like they're being held in front of them and like Mm. at the magic hour in like a field it's like their engagement photos it's 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 have you ever looked describing it I feel nauseous have you ever looked at this is fun do this later Mm -hmm. the price packages like the pricing of the packages to get married at Disney like, you cannot imagine the price pack. It's insane. It's insane. I just, why do you want to get married at, at Disney? There's so, I'm like, I don't even want kids at my wedding. Why would I want to be, like, no, surrounded yeah. by not only children, but also they're like, God, no. It's just, it's a no for me. But I, I don't know how we got here, but um, going back to <laughs> <don't like, either. laughs> something, we were talking about niche personalities. Um, oh, yeah. We were talking about, like, thing, the most insidious one. We were, t- yeah, talking about people making, and that's a very common thing among like especially in the New York scene of like mm-hmm. people who make being into restaurants or being into bars, their personalities, but they're like, yeah, never people that actually have like ever worked in restaurants or bars. Like you notice that 
you notice that, right? Like mm-hmm. it really chastises. I was dragging these people on another pod, another episode of the podcast, but like the whole, this like trend of like people, these people who I see on like TikTok or Instagram being like five bars you should never go to, and I'm like, okay, I don't one like I don't want to go to the five bars you go to, like you based to, on, yeah. purely on your energy. <laughs> but it's also like people work at those bars. Like it's not like you're you're dragging these institutions where it's like people work there, people are trying to make some money. If people like to go there and that's not your vibe, like can you not try to make it like systemically uncool on the internet so that these people who like yeah. work there and are trying to pay their fucking rent like can it's get just by? People who have never had. Um, like a Yelp review, like it cost them money, you know, or like a Yelp review, like get them reprimanded. Have you ever worked um, in service? Like, yeah. It, say that again. Have you ever worked in service? Oh, that's all I did until like I worked as a barista until the pandemic. And then I stopped because the cafe closed for a while. And then once I was on unemployment, I was like, mm, let me just let this rock for a little bit. Yeah. Let me but, sort of reassess. Yeah, I was, I waitress my way through college and I still, you know, I'm still very much in debt, but I also worked, <laughs> I worked in a, a vegan restaurant in college. And then the summer after college, I worked at like this pizza place and I saved a bunch of money and that's how I moved to New York. And then I moved to New York and I was uh, like an expediter and also a server at this like bar and restaurant in nice. Bushwick. Um, worked as a barista, worked as, I worked at a pie shop. I worked at 4 and 20 Blackbird. I which fuck was with far and tw- 4 and 20 Blackbirds is so fucking good. The Dude, lemon chest like, pie. Oh my, the uh, salty honey pie. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I was, Almost I worked for like six months and I was like, why have I gained 10 pounds? And it's like, oh, I literally eat pie, pie every day. Yeah, day. absolutely. Every day. Um, but yeah, all I've done is like food service. My first job was at uh, Cold Stone Creamery. My um, first job was Ben and Jerry's. Yo. Okay. That's actually cool. That's well, Cold Stone. I Cause I didn't have to have sing. Cause I don't, I do think yeah, the singing yeah, at Cold Stone is like, absolute labor exploitation. 100%. And it's also like, I was. I was a theater kid, but I was like, I just discovered like smoking weed. So I was like, no, I'm leaving that part of me in the past, you know? So like, don't throw me quarters and make me sing because I need this money. I'm saving up for a school trip. But like- The singing shouldn't I, happen at all, but the singing should be bills only. You should not be singing for coins. Yeah, unless that's actually incredibly offensive. We used to have people give us a dollar and be like, please don't sing. Like I'm paying you not to sing, which yeah. is like- you, sir, love are you. a saint, a savior, a gentleman, a scholar. Um, but yeah, all I've done is food service basically until I started writing. And even when I was writing, I was also doing food service. Because right. surprise, freelance writing does not pay that much. Yeah, you got to make the bridge until it's like fully sustainable. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know if I am at the age where I can associate with people who have never worked a service job. It doesn't it's, have to even be food service. Like, it's hard. Retail's fine. You like, can, yeah, oh, 100%. And you can in the way, like I always say, I can tell someone after like five minutes of talking to someone, I can tell you whether or not their parents are divorced or not. 100%. Uh, 100%. And I think it's the same with whether or not they've worked in service. Like I, you can smell yeah. it. I can smell only children too, not to be offensive to any of the only children here. Oh, that's like a whole other thing, but you can't really mm-hmm. talk ill of them because they will come for you. No, and they absolutely will because they have no sense of consequence. But anyway, I, um, yeah, I, have you ever like been out or like been on a date with somebody and like you're at a restaurant, you're at a bar and it is like, like something happens and it doesn't even have to like, you know, the, the trope is like, oh, they tip poorly. Right. That's already embarrassing. And like, we hate that. But somebody who like, I have this friend who will pull up to a restaurant and the host will be like, Hey, how's it going? And he'll just say two. No. And it's like, she just, first of all, she just asks us a question. Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Love your earrings. Like you look very sweet. Um, What would be the wait for like a table for two? It's like, an extra 10 words and you are, and you are communicating with this human, like you're a fucking human. And, like, here's, the th- <laughs> and here's the thing. It's like, I try to explain this where I'm like, okay, on the one, like on, on the one hand, it's like, you should just behaving, be behaving that way simply because it's like decent and like mm-hmm. human. But also I watch how I get treated at restaurants behaving that way, speaking to people versus 
how people who don't behave that way get treated. And it's like, mm-hmm. guess who's getting the table first? Guess who's exactly. getting the better table? Guess who's getting like, a, you know, oh, they made two desserts. Guess who's getting it sent out to that? A hundred percent. Like, guess who's getting the, oh, I forgot to ring up this drink. You know what I mean? It's crazy where it's like, for a while, it felt like kind of a hack where it was just like, oh, just so, to be a good person. Yeah. If I like treat people with respect and dignity, like they uh, return the favor and we have a much better experience, both of us. But now it's just like, oh, it's interesting how that w- works. It's because it's like, know? what's interesting is like, I think that the old, like older people, like I think the generation above us. And then I think mm. people in our generation learned this from their parents. Sure. 100%. There's this notion that like restaurant employees are withholding, like they're holding the best table from you. They're actually, mm-hmm. there is one more of the sea bass that they're like, they're for some like alternative, like motive, like they have some alternative motive to like not give you the best table in the house or give you a shitty table or tell you something that's 86 that's not actually 86 or like yeah. try to get you to buy something that's not actually good. And it's like- And you just have to like stand up for yourself and then they will give you what you want. Exactly. And it's like that, I'm when I tell you that's literally never the case, like that 100%. is never the case. It's it's like when people are like, oh, um, do you have any more of this shirt in this size? It's like, oh no, sorry. What we have is like out. And they're like, can you go check in the back? It's like, you know what? I'm gonna go back there. I'm gonna like, you know, hit, my fucking vape like yeah. i'm gonna drink ch- some water with my you know what i mean I'm like or, or like can you go ask the chef we'll do this i'm like yeah he's not gonna do that and they're like well can you go ask and it's like sure i'll go back there we will make fun of you for a solid two and a half minutes and then i will come out and tell you the same exact answer that i had before 100 like, every single in time what world would a, a job where i most of my income is me you know debasing myself enough for you to like give me a tip that i'm literally surviving on in what world would i not go out of my way to do those things for you and not deny you those things if it was going to make a difference in how much you were going to tip me you yeah. know like that doesn't make any fucking sense it's so it's so bizarre and i hope that and like i hope by having this conversation it even furthers it along it's like that i hope that notion is on its way out and people understand that the actual move is to tr- is like show up and treat like I, I'm like treat your not like your friend because like they're they are at work so you need to give them the respect of they're at work but like sure, sure, sure. treat like I'm sort of like think about it like think about it like they're at work today and you're at work tomorrow like you, it's not mm-hmm. like there's there's no status level it's just like they're working right now you're not you, they're on the clock you're off the clock but tomorrow you're gonna be on the clock they're off the clock like it's like yeah. and just treat them like a, a peer so ooh, just treat them like a peer sort of and not this like certainly not an underling but also not yeah. like a like a gatekeeper because they're not they're in fact like literally the opposite they are like a full service gate opener they are the <laughs> like they have no they don't have the keys to the gate you know it's also just like i i feel like there was also and this is like a generational thing where it's like there was a time when you know working at a fast food restaurant being a server like you know being a bartender those were like kind of entry-level jobs that you did while you were in college or like while totally. you were a young person figuring things out right obviously that is not the case anymore and it has fully not been the case for like a long time 100%. even though people still like believe that like people ha- are like our servers as a career and it's honestly a good career you know like it's yes. i really love working in the service industry i honestly like earnestly do um but i think that generally generationally it's like because this used to be a job that was like associated with people who were like just starting out or like trying to get job experience. It's like people who work in, you know, an office or like make a, make a wage that they can like live on, uh, look down on those people because they're like, well, you could just get a better job. And so it's like, because, you know, you're in middle management, maybe you have a little bit of power, but you know, you got your ass reamed out by your boss or something that day you come into a restaurant. It's like, this person is below you. And so you are getting off on treating them as if they're below you because it gives you like some semblance of power. 100%. You know? And I, I also think that there's something, I thought about this a lot when I worked at like 
the first restaurant I worked at in New York was like a very fancy, like Italian restaurant in Gramercy. Mm -hmm. And I started to think about this a lot then. And then like, as I kind of continued working in the restaurant industry in New York for like the seven years I did, like, I do think that what you just described this, the, the fact that it is a career now and it's also like a lucrative career and like some a place you can really grow in that like poses a huge threat to a lot of the like systems and institutions in place mm. of like of society that keep like the the wealthy at the top sort of like like because it's like oh well anyone can get a job because you don't need a degree to be, work in restaurants but it's like okay yeah people tell you you have to go to college because if you want to make six figures you have to go to you know what i mean you have to go mm. to college. It's like, well, guess how much and the bartenders like, no. at Catch are making on a Friday or Saturday night? I guess hate to bring it to you, babe. So, like the barbacks. Guess how much the, you know, the barbacks, like the, literally. Um, guess how much like the busboys at, you know, 11 Madison Park are making. Like it's. Right. And then it's like, okay, so if, and then it's like, I think people challenge them like, okay, I feel like I oftentimes when I've experienced when people who work in like corporate America or work in more like quote unquote traditional career paths find out mm. how much some of the New York City and other city, other metropolitan, like, service industry professionals are making, they're like, mm-hmm. well, that's crazy. They shouldn't be making that much. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, yeah, they didn't go to college for it. And it's like, okay, is there, what do you do? PR? How hard do you work every day? Yeah. Are you saying that bar aren't working as hard? Like, what, 10 emails? What is the actual, quant, like, quanti- like quantifiable reason why they do, you deserve more money than them? Like, explain yeah. that to me. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And I thought I was thinking about it recently in the context of, um, like when somebody is quote unquote weird or like out of the ordinary and whether that means like, you know, you are an adult with dyed hair or like visible piercings or tattoos or even more extreme and not, not that this is weird, but to some people it's outside of their experience when someone is like openly gay and like not trying to like suppress that and like not trying to like hide it from people. Or like when someone is like visibly non-binary or trans or like visibly just like, you know, um, expresses their gender in a way that is not like the norm. Yeah, then totally. it, the, the people are like not afraid of that, but it's just like, I think they're resentful of it to a certain extent where it's just like, no, 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 no. I did everything right. I like went to school. I got good grades. I graduated. I went to college, graduated. I got married. I got, you know, I started my job. I bought my house. I had my two and a half kids and I am still suffering in society because, and I did everything right. So why should you be happy because, and you broke the rules, you know, I think it's really like a resent, it's a resentment. It's a resentment because I think that's probably a really hard and horrible thing to confront especially if you're like in your later years of life like like 100%. if you're like over the age of like if you're in like the your 50s or 60s and you're sort of like I'm sorry wait like I've been doing this for decades because I thought we had to do this and you're telling me and you're I'm allowed happy. to be happy you're telling yeah. me that you were allowed to do this and be happy and it's like chill you and it's didn't like, even you didn't follow the rules and I did and you're happy and I'm not and it's just it that's why it's like it's not a phobia it's not like a you know it's not you don't fear it. It's literally just like, you're mad at these people for like being exactly who they are. And I think that translates for me into, you know, people ma- like being career servers or like, you know, a, the GM of a restaurant, like four nights a week, making $120,000. It's like you, you know, were told that you have to go to college and get like the degree and you did all of that. And these people didn't, and they're making more than you, or they just like have a better work-life balance. They have like more freedom to do things because it's like, they're not nine to five every single day. You know, it's like, you are mad at that. You're mad at yourself for not having the freedom to like do that kind of thing. And this wasn't how it used to be. And now it is. And that like is bringing up some feelings for you. And you know what? I don't feel bad. I don't. (laughs) The thing is, I don't feel bad. The thing is, I really don't feel bad. (laughs) Mm -mm. It was, I don't know. I've been like, 
I was like a nanny and a barista at the same time. Like I met my partner when I was a barista and now we're freaking happy living our lives. You know, like I, there've been so many opportunities that I would not have had if I wasn't also, you know, doing the, the service industry thing and getting treated like shit and getting treated great, but mostly getting treated like shit by like the people that came in. Um, and I would never, I learned so much and I never regret it. And I feel like everybody needs to do it for like a little while in their lives because it makes you a better person or like a more understanding person in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of what I, why I feel like there's like, it's, it, I mean, it ties into what we were just talking about where like you can smell it on someone if they're an only child, you can smell it on someone if they're parent, like if they, and it's like, you can smell it on someone if you've, someone's never had to like truly rely on like a, a restaurant being busy to be if they can make rent that week. You know what I mean? Yes. And there's like, there's mm-hmm. something you get from that that you just can't manufacture. And it's like, it, I think that, I think that is why working in restaurants creates you understand classism and elitism and like mm, the 100%. the poisons of capitalism in this way that's like so acute because you see like especially if you're working like in Manhattan you're working at these like nicer places and you're serving these people who are like fresh out of college 20 no like no bills in the world just like having a big mm-hmm. ass brunch and you're like oh this is unsolvable like if you yeah. like you will never understand certain aspects of like the world and class if like this is how your life works because like there's no way you could and like no. I almost can't be mad at you for it because like what am I, would I, had I been given those same opportunities, not have been like, fuck yeah, I'm going to brunch and I'm, I'm like going to go to, you 100%, know I mean? Like you know, I would have taken the same like, opportunities, but it's like, oh, I'm so thankful that I wasn't given those honestly, so that I could yeah. have this perspective. I do. I really, yeah, I obviously it would have been, I know if I had wealthy parents, they would have like done anything they could to like share that with me and make sure that I had as comfortable a life as possible. I didn't. And I'm still like vibing. And I was, you know, I've been poor my like not like dirt poor like we ate but like I have not as far as my 20s go like I've been poor in my whole 20s I haven't traveled I like don't really do things um and now I'm like just starting to get to a point where it's like okay cool this is what adulthood is like it's like if I see something if I see a shirt that I want I can like purchase it and it's not going to mean that I can't pay rent you know or like if I you know it's like I have a dishwasher and that's one of those things that hopefully going forward is going to be one of those things that I can afford in an apartment like moving forward in the future you know um but yeah, I don't know. I think definitely the class thing and definitely like, you know, the capitalism thing, but also just people are like, oh, you're a server. You are like bringing food from the kitchen to the table. It's not that hard. And it's like, okay, depending on what job you're working, you are also somebody's psychiatrist. You are somebody's, you know, like, um, yes, you are, you are somebody like the difference between someone having anaphylactic reaction and not like you are the difference you like people don't realize the amount of kind of responsibility that you're taking because when you're at a restaurant, you're like focusing on what you're doing, like you're eating, but it's like, do you not see that your server has not sat down once in the last six hours or drank water or drank water or had a meal or like, you know, they have a, they have a sitter and like they're coordinating with their sitter before like they get home. And like, you know, this bartender is like getting his ear topped off by someone who's obviously depressed, but like has all these other people to serve, but it's trying to be there for this person. Like, I've seen bartenders do the work like bartenders should get co-pays in my, in my <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, no, it's at the point where it's like they need to, they should be on some insurance. Totally. Cause. It's so clear that you have worked in like every aspect of it. And I will say being an expediter, I, I can't really fully explain why I've always thought like the expediter is like the hottest job in the restaurant. I think it's because they're telling everyone what to do, but it's like, sure. I'm, it's like, <laughs> like whenever someone's like, I'm an expo, I'm like, that's hot. Objectively, that's it's, hot and cool. It's just because it's like, you have to have, like, I was expo at a place that did like a lot of delivery too. So it was like, not only was I expediting things from the kitchen to tables, I was also was it expediting Roberta's? things like, 
Say that again. Was it Roberto's? No, but it was down the street from Roberto's. It was called 983. It's a Flushing, like Bushwick's living room. They like changed the name a couple of times. But oh, it's, it's closed now. I, it was I, like right on Flushing in like, uh, yeah, yeah. I forget the cross street, but over there. Um, but it was like, we did a bunch of deliveries too. So it was like, I was bringing food out to tables and I was also like making sure that orders like, you know, got into the correct bag and checking the receipts and making sure that they got like napkins and utensils and like the correct condiments they asked for, because I'm not trying to get a call in 20 minutes and have to like send one of these like 23 year old bike couriers back out to, you know, fucking castle braid to bring somebody a honey mustard, you know? (laughs) So it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's that intense, but it's literally like, I don't know. It's, it's it's a lot of work and it's It's... a lot of organization and it's like you getting people of all, we all know what it feels like to be hungry when you are what's in between somebody who is hungry, getting what they want, like, and like it's paying money for it. Like that's a huge burden. One of my least, one of my most stressful experiences like that I can be in is when I'm in a restaurant and I start to get really low blood sugar. And I'm like, I need to keep, I, I will never, I never want to be rude to someone in a restaurant. I never want to be on bad behavior, but like chemically I'm hitting a wall where I'm like, yeah. I need some fucking food. Like, like I need something. and I need something. And like when that starts to, when we get up, I start to get real anxious and I get it. Like mm. sometimes I have had, like, that's one of the very few times I've ever forgiven someone for being like a true asshole is someone has like mm. eaten and been like, Hey, and this has like genuinely I've had this exact conversation probably like three times over my career in service where people was like, hey, I'm realizing I was really rude to you earlier. I don't think I was. I think I really needed food and what like was not in I the right headspace. Yeah. And I'm very sorry. And I'm like, I actually can't can do nothing but just forgive you for that because I get it. Like, yeah. And it's also just like, I don't know, in the same way that it's like, you know, if a server is like short with me or like weird to me, it's like, yeah, you're probably having a bad day. You know what I mean? Or maybe you're just like a shit person, but like, that's not my business. As long as like you're doing everything right, you're still going to get 20, 25%. Now 25%. Like, let's be 100%. honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be real. But like, I don't know. It's like, I have been that person where it's like, I'm sorry, I, you got my order wrong. And I was like in a rush and I was short with you. And I like really, really apologize. And every single person that's ever, ha- it's only happened to me like once or twice, but it's like, has been so like merciful and like, you know, graceful in that way. And I just think that, I don't know. It just being in the service industry that teaches you humanity in a way that you cannot learn if you have not worked in the service industry. Right. Because it's an ignoring when people are misbehaving in those ways and treating you shitty. It's an, it's an ignoring of your humanity. It's an ignoring of like, you don't see me as a human. You don't see, you're not looking at this situation and thinking logistically like, like I've been out, like I'm sure you've been in the same situation where someone's been like, where the fuck is our server? And I'm like, well, have you not noticed that she just got 10 tables? Like, I, like yeah. look around for two seconds and you can, you figure out exactly where your server is. Cause like where she is, she's right there. She has nine plates in her hand. Yeah. Like she, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. I know. She's been wearing Crocs all day. Cause I'm even comfortable to wear all day. Like, yeah. Did you like being um, a barista? I really loved it. Um, I'm a, I'm a morning person same. and like, well, at least I used to be, but I'm like a morning person in a big way. Um, and so I would always do like the opening shifts at, um, at like the cafe that I worked at. And it was nice to be like the first person that maybe somebody interacted with that day and like having the opportunity to like start their day off. Well, like make them a nice coffee, give them some small talk, or if they're still waking up, like not give them any small talk, but like make their coffee expeditiously, like get it to them, you know, like if we have some leftover pastries from the day before, like throwing one in there, just like nice. giving them a little smile, starting your day off. Right. Cause you're about to go to an office and it fucking sucks. I bet. Totally. Um, so that like feels also, you know, again, it sounds very corny, but that just like, it's a nice power to have. Maybe that like makes me. No, it's like, a gift a little bit to be like, Hey, like, yeah. You know, it's like the, Oh God, it's just so, uh, I feel so earnest about it, but it's like, 
when you have the power to like make somebody's day a little bit better, it like feels good doing that. Especially if you're like getting paid enough. I was thankfully like, you know, make like when you're a server, sometimes it's like, you're making $2 and 35 cents an hour. Uh, yeah. and like the tips or everything else, you know, like I was making like an hourly, like a, like a livable hourly wage and also getting tips on top of that. Totally. So it's like, you know, it was, I was working at a place where I could afford to live meagerly, but still, you know, and totally. so it's like, I wasn't miserable to be there in the morning. I wasn't like sludging through this job. It was like, this was my job. You know? Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's such a, that, such an argument for like paying your staff a livable wage like 100%. the restaurants I've worked at where we were like valued and compensated always and I never they never like fucked over the server's wages for like the sake of guests or for the sake of like the owner 100%. I was like oh I will always respect this restaurant I will always love this restaurant I will always treat it well the restaurants that didn't I was like I will sell you up the fucking river to get my table to like also me. if you're the restaurants that don't it's like if you are one ounce ruder to me than I feel like tolerating today I'm simply going to quit it is not hard to find a server like a serving job in New York that city. is the thing I wish like that is my number one thing I wish I had known back in the day like the hmm. first like three years in New York I stayed in jobs that were so brutal because I thought like I didn't have another option yeah and because like I did not understand how big New York was which sounds stupid but it no but it's is like what it thought just new here and you know, that's like, like my number one piece of advice if someone's like I'm moving to New York I'm like trying to be like yeah, like it's a little bit different if you're trying to like make your career, if you're trying to sure, work in the service sure, industry, sure, it's sure. like obviously you don't want to like jump around too much and like, but you want to be that. But that being said, actually, no, I'm going to take that back. Sorry, I'm railing. <laughs> if you are being like abused at work, if someone is harassing you, if someone is treating you like in a, like how an employer should not be teaching, treating you, fucking leave immediately. Fucking quit. Fucking quit. You don't need quit. to be there. Especially in I New have York. found a job, like I have quit a job and found a job, like taking a day off to just like decompress and then found a job two days later and started the next day. And it's like, you know, is there going to be a little gap in your income while you're like waiting for the paperwork to go through? Like maybe, you know, but it's like, you've been poor before you've recovered before. Like it's, you can, I don't know. I just am such a proponent of like, if someone, if you're especially in a service industry and you're being treated like shit and move somewhere else, cause there are better places. 100%. And like, like if you can't afford to like walk out, like obviously like if you need that paycheck, but start looking, like find another yeah. place to go and get the fuck out because like, it is not worth you staying in these places where people are being abusive, like truly yeah, abusive. Because it's just like not, you know, lots of people, like like we were talking about before, like plenty of people are are serving as a career and that's great and I love it. But some plenty of people are serving because like or you know doing service jobs because they're like on their way to a different job and they're working hard at like succeeding in like a creative career or like 100%. something like that. And they need this as like income. So it's like I feel like there's sometimes a pressure to be like, well, I need this job to like pay my bills. And I like, I need this job because I'm like going to, you know, moving forward. I like, I'm going to need income while I'm like working on this shit. It's like, you can, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just like reiterating the same shit. It's like, no, but it's also find, like, if you, you are trying to do everything. something creative on the side, I'm telling you right now from experience, you're not going to get anything done when you're at a job that you have to drink six beers after because you're so depressed and like you're so, yeah, decompress you, and feel miserable. Like, guess what? I'm sorry. You're not going to write your pilot, pilot the next morning. It's not going to happen. No, you're going to be too Your, your mental energy is spent recovering from being treated like garbage. Like yes. you can go to a place and be treated correctly and, you know, still have time to work on your shit. You work at the right place. You find a lull in the morning. You can work on your shit while you're right there. Yeah. Work your, I've written, I wrote one time an article that I submitted to the New Yorker and uh, I wrote it while I was at the like the, the counter at the cafe. It was just like a little dead. And I submitted it and I got an email back the next day and they accepted it. I was like, dude, I did, this, yeah. I did this like in between slinging scones. You yeah, know? And totally. That's Wait, can I tell you a story? I don't know oh if you have God, other questions and I'm sorry if I'm taking uh, this away. No, this is like, um, we can be whatever we want. Okay, I love that. Um, 
one of my managers at the cafe that I most recently worked at okay. was a member of Nexium, the sex cult. And I didn't know for a long time. Wait, like, sorry, I, an active member while you were working there or like a survivor? Not a, not a, well, let me tell you the story and we can yeah, okay, cool. determine whether we're going to put it into the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, <laughs> so basically one day she was super, super nice. Like okay. one of the nice people I ever met they always um, are. and she was Canadian. So I was like, okay, so you're Canadian. Like you're kind, love that. Um, one day we had this regular or like a couple of times we had this regular come in while I was working with her. And she was like, you look so familiar to me. Are you like an actress? Are you a musician? And my manager would be like, no, no, no. But I get that. I get that sometimes. Like, I feel like I look, I just have a look that I look like a lot of people. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she came in another time and said the same thing. And then my manager responded the same way. But the third time she came in, she was like, no, I came in today because I know exactly who it is that I feel like you look like. And she pulled up this image on her phone and my manager looked at it and was like, yeah, yeah, that's the one I get compared to all the time. I know I look exactly like her. It's like, not me. I looked at the image and I not only was like, that's absolutely you. It was like, her name was the caption of the photo, like her full name. Of course, the customer didn't, didn't know, know that her was her name, you know? So, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, all right, if there's like a reason why you are not acknowledging this, that we can talk about that later. I'm not going to blow up your spot in front of this customer. That's like, you know, we're friends, you know? So I was like, let me just parking lot this for later. So a couple hours go by and I was like, listen, um, manager, quickest, quickest thing. Um, that That was was you, (laughs) that was you, right? Like that. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I, um, used to date this. I was like an actor. I was like on this kind of big TV show. And I used to date, uh, this person who was also an actor on a big TV show and she got into some trouble. And so I've like moved past that. And I'm like, trying to like kind of leave that in my past. And I was like, sure, no problem. Say no more. You know, of course, immediately after work, I went home and did all the research that I could. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to be married to the Smallville actress who was Allison indicted Mack. in the, yeah. And her, her wife, her ex-wife oh, was my, my manager God. at this cafe. And it turned into this whole big thing because well for obvious reasons um but yeah it turned into an hbo documentary series (laughs) it turned into a a criminal case yeah uh the i love that you're like yeah i went to criminal court and i was like no it was on hbo like that's my high level you're like no it went to the penal system no no no, but it it fully was on hbo and that's like i mean that's my court that's my court it's like you know yeah um but the person who owned um the cafe also owned another place like down the street. Right. And the manager that I had at the cafe was also managing some days, like at that other place. Uh-huh. Down the street. And when the staff at the other place found out about her, they all quit at once. Whoa. They like got together in an email and they were like, we're not working for this person. Like we all quit. And so that was like a big kind of, this was all pre pandemic. And um, that turned into a whole thing. They had to hire like not scabs per se, but just like hire a bunch of new people and like not tell them any of it, you know? Oh, and God. the owner of the cafe was like really, really good w- friends with the, this manager. manager and yeah. so people kept being like, you got to fire her. And she was like, no, no, no. She's like turned over a new leaf. She's like a really good person. Like that's in her past. I get why people don't want to work with her, but like, I'm not going to just like leave her, hang her out to dry like this. She's my good friend. And then the court case came to Brooklyn. Like the dude who was in charge of Nexium, like, uh, was in the in jail in downtown Brooklyn and his case was happening and a bunch of his like former followers or for former members 
um, like made a bunch of signs in like support of him and like went to the jail and like essentially twerked outside of the jail, like during the day of his trial. And this manager was, this manager was one of them. No. Yeah. And so the owner found out and was like, okay, like I'll, I'll fire her now, but now it's like rested, but it's like, that's the kind of people to see. And, and I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't worked in the service industry. Like I wouldn't have had that story. No, thank God. I, what does it say about me that I'm so jealous? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that is incredible. Like you just that like, moment of like her showing the photo and you being like, that's her. Like, like just picture my brain. Just like the drama of that. Like I literally <laughs> would die. We're, I I was in that moment thankful that I was like, you know, on enough, I guess, espresso to be like, all right, this is the thing. We can talk about this later. I'm not going to blow up her spot. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then she blew up her own spot. She but, blew up her own and spot. I my and closest, I think my closest version of that was one time at a restaurant I worked at in the West Village. Um, it was like very much one of those places where the hosts were always like, they just only hired like attractive young women. Like it was sure, like one sure, of those sure. sore spots and they were always like the nicest, cutest girls. Like, and I would always be like mm-hmm. chit chatting with them, friends with them. Also, cause if you're working, Pro tip, if you're working in a restaurant, you want to be friends with your host, always. 100%. Um, or they're, and if you if they don't like you, they're just going to fuck you over. It's going to be tough. Uh, so that's your fault. make friends with your host. Anyway, I went up and I was like, there was a new girl and she was training with like one of the hosts I was friendly with. And I was like, oh, like, what's your name? And she was like, I don't even remember her name, but I was like, what did, like, what's your deal? Like, did you just move here? And she's like, yeah, I just moved here. Um, Scientology just transferred me here for the next level of my training. And I was like, <laughs> I like didn't know what to do. Cause like, she was also so young that I, part of me was like, Am I supposed to like get her out? Like, yeah, trust like, me, like I, I don't want to fuck with Scientology. Like, I don't want to touch Scientology. I'm actually anxious that I'm talking about Scientology they'll on like, this no, podcast. They'll like murder. They'll, yeah, yeah. But it's like, this happens every episode. My AirPods <laughs> fall out of my pocket and shatter on the floor every episode. Anyway, um, I like didn't know what to do. And so I was just like, that's so fun. And then like oh ran God, back to the so bar. Like, literally ran back to the bar. I was like, I can't even engage with this. Like, we're not, we're not friends. Like, I'll be nice to you. And it's because I want to stay yeah. alive. I, do you have like, um, I have two questions for you. Sorry to ask you questions. No, please podcast. ask me questions. I just love chatting about this. Um, one, do you have any other like celeb stories from like working in, because when you work in, York, in the service industry at a certain level of like, you know, prestige at a restaurant, you get a lot of them. I have a lot. Um, the first ones that come to mind was the restaurant I worked at in, um, the restaurant I worked at in Gramercy, the really bougie one, was, like, mm-hmm. very celebrity heavy. Like, sure. all the time. Like, you would usually get, like, one a shift. It was, like, that dense. Wow. But because they had a soigné system, which is mm-hmm. where, for the, if you don't know, if anyone listening doesn't know what a soigné system is, basically it's that, like, the restaurant and the host at the front have, like, a database of any guests who comes in regularly and of celebrities. Yeah. And there's like information about like what their allergies are, what their food is, what tables where they, they like, like to all sit, of, like, where they yeah, like to sit, yeah, they like. literally like, yeah, everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, what's even like it gets down to like what servers they like, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and they print a ticket out and they give it to the server before you get sat with that person, being mm-hmm. like this person's coming. And they're also Easy. at my restaurant. There was also like a secret language, so that if you dropped mm-hmm. one and someone picked it up, it didn't say like. Taylor Guerin, picky, annoying. Like it would be like, it would be like, it, there was all of these like codes. I can't remember any of them, but like you could, it was basically like if someone who didn't work in the restaurant picked it up, they wouldn't know that it was saying anything scathing. But if you did, yeah. if you knew, it'd be like, oh wow, this person sounds oh my rough. God. This person's um, an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so you would get those. So you knew when you were getting a celebrity always. But one time I was mm-hmm. working lunch 
and it, I was slammed. It was like really busy. It was like really stressful. And I got, I remember I got saw I got sat on table thirty seven, mm-hmm. and I was like motherfucker. I don't have time for another table. But I was like I'm just gonna greet them and then I'll like deal with this. So I grab the menus. I grab the water. I get halfway to the table and I'm like oop that's Kathy Bates and just like pivot and like <laughs> ran. I was like I'm not ready for that and I had to go and I immediately looked for like any other gay person working and the only other gay person on the floor was this barista Michael and I ran up to him and I was like. I was like, Michael, Kathy Bates is on table 37. And he fully started crying instantly. <laughs> he was like, what? And like, I think it was just like, this restaurant was so stressful to work and always like, it was so miserable to work here that we were all like, our emotions were just like literally burning under our skin at all times. Yeah, like just you could cry at any moment. A surprise Kathy Bates set every queer person over. We were done. I like I immediately looked for the nearest gay person. It's funny because you like you said that, and I just immediately knew what you meant. Like, yeah, it's it just, like I was like, so yeah, yeah, of course. So Kathy Bates like, was a big one, um, and then um, who was? Oh, one time, Lena Dunham was in, and she gave she gave someone her phone to charge, and it was charging in the server station, so it was just like mm-hmm. sitting near the computer, and. It was, she was getting text messages and notifications and she did not have like the privacy filter on. So like anyone could have come up and just like read all of her texts and I like flipped her phone over, but I was like constantly anxious. I almost like, I really was like, do I tell her like, you have to change that setting on your phone? Like, but like, but I was just like so anxious the entire time that like anyone could flip over her phone and read like what like anyone was texting Lena Dunham in this like horrible invasion of privacy. Like literally Jack Antonoff. But I was like, Like, right, truly. But I was like, you are so famous. You have to change the privacy setting on your phone. And then she flagged me down and asked me to get her phone for her. And I was like, this is my moment. Do I say something? And I didn't. Um, cause I didn't know how she I would could react. see how it would have gone the wrong way. It could have gone the wrong way, but I was like yeah. in your best interest, like you really should turn the privacy setting on your phone. On. <sighs> oh, I also, the... wait, I just remembered one other was that I, I bartended the Ant-Man premiere party. <laughs> That's sick. Which was really fun, but also really wild. Cause I have never, I've obviously never been to like a high end, like giant Hollywood party like that, where it was like all the stars and all the people who like want to be in Marvel movies. So they're there to like schmooze. So they're like schmooze. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, that was like a real, um, behind the curtain sort of like of how this all works in a way that was like really wild. Um, and people got, people got fucked up at that party. I'm sure. I mean, what else do you do at a situation like that? Like totally, I would need to be at least a couple of drinks in. So I wasn't like weird. Same. What about you? Um, speaking of Lena Dunham, when I was at nine, eight, three, one of our regulars was Zosha Mamet. And uh, I she love was a, her. She was a bad tipper, like a really bad one. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this was like sucks. 2014, 2015. So it's like, you know, it's a different time. Like it was before people cared about like black people and like before, you know, people cared about like, you know, the people get like Human getting a wage. It was a different time, you know? So it's like, I'm not, I'm not forgiving her. It's just that it's like, yeah, I was a server. I was a woman of color. Like I get that. I wasn't someone who was valuable to you at that moment. Once Damn. 2020 happens, like, yeah, people are tipping. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but before then they didn't realize that I was, um, that I had value. Um, also there was this guy, I like to fuck with celebrities. It's just like one of my favorite things. And I hope <laughs> that when I'm wildly famous, like people do the same to me, but like, for example, the girl I used to nanny for her best friend was the daughter of, uh, Heath Ledger and Michelle Williams just casually. Oh shit. And yeah, she went to like private school and there's so many times I had to like bring her to a birthday party. And I'm like, literally, what do I get this little girl for her birthday? She has everything she could ever want. Yeah. But my most memorable time is that one time they were on a field day and I showed back up at, I showed up to school to pick them up and Michelle Williams was just chilling, waiting for her daughter to get off the bus. 
And I, I don't know, maybe this is like fucked up of me. And maybe it's like from years of working in food service where it's like, uh, sometimes celebrities come in and expect you to like kiss their ass. And I like to make sure that they feel the opposite. So I went up to her and I was like, listen, I'm so sorry to bother you. I know this is so annoying. And I'm like, apologies in advance. And I could see her like face drop. And I was like, is this where fifth grade pickup is? (laughs) <laughs> um, and she was like yeah and I was like oh my god thanks turned around walked away and so all of that <laughs> is to funny. say that what I had a regular at the cafe that I worked at who was Adrian Grenier, Grenier? the guy from oh, Entourage did you work at part painters partners no oh. I worked at uh Clementine Bakery oh yeah yeah that's awesome um but he was one of our regulars and he was always outside with like a different very young blonde woman and his like little fluffy dog mm-hmm. and the dog was real cute but he, you could tell that he like sat on the street specifically. So, and like looked around. So people would like walk up to him and be like, are you, oh my God. And he could just like have that, which I get it. Yes. I mean, you, you did it. You got famous. So like you did, you did. And you want people to notice, like you worked that hard for it. I would want people, if I made, I like, kind of don't judge it. Art, honestly. I'm like, I, it, I it's up. Is it a little sad that maybe that's like the attention? Like, but you know what? Like if you want it and you can get it, like, I'm not like, it, you're not hurting anyone. There are plenty of horrible ways to get attention. And I think that's just like, it's an annoying way for people who are watching you, but you're not harming, you're not harming anyone. No, I mean, did Entourage harm people? Honestly, probably yes. But probably, probably yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, culturally, yes. Um, but, but is yes, that your fault? Not entirely. And I would, I would, I would like, you know, make his coffee, go outside. And same thing. I'd be like, I'm so sorry to bother you. And I could see his face light up opposite of Michelle Williams. <laughs> like, I'm like, so sorry to bother you. I'm so, I'm sure you get this all the time. Like, ugh, I feel like so annoying to even be that person, but can I pet your dog? That's funny. <laughs> and I would just have the dog and be like, oh my God, thank you so much. He's so cute. Oh, he's so cute. And like, maybe that makes me a sociopath. The fact that I like really get enjoyment out of that. But it's also just like, it's not me doing it to like make them have a bad day. It's me doing it to be like, I see you as everybody else. And yeah. maybe that's good for you. Like in Michelle Williams case, she was like, oh, I really don't want to have this conversation. I'm like picking my kid up. So I was just like, listen, I don't even know you're a celebrity. I'm I'm 21 years old. Maybe like, she liked that. Think... Maybe she felt normal for a second. Cause it was just like, that's, that's what I was doing comment. it for. You gave her, you gave make... her a gift. I gave her a gift of being normal. I gave Adrian Grenier a gift of being normal against his will because he doesn't yeah, want to be didn't normal. Want it, but you but know what? <laughs> I'm the great. I'm the great equalizer. I'm the great celebrity equalizer. Yeah, and celebrities want that. Like, do you remember? Like, I love her, but like, do you remember that interview that Beyonce did a few years ago where she talked about how sometimes when she's on a plane, people don't recognize her and she'll just have a conversation with them? And I was like, No, There's absolutely no chance. I was like, Beyonce, no, you're not. Like, I no, don't you're believe there. You're telling me you're on Delta. You've now ne- you have not flown commercial. Like, you literally don't know what Delta, you're like, yeah, the variant, you know, or like, <laughs> I like, I was, I, another thing she said recently is that she loves riding a bike in like, through like the park because people, park? you know, <laughs> yeah. Or like, you like, right. I'm like, let me know where you go. Um, but she's like, I love riding a bike through the park with my friends because it's like, people will recognize me. Like I will ride past someone and they're like, oh my God, that was Beyonce. But by the time they recognize it, I am fully far away on my bike and they're not going to like chase after me on my bike. Which I actually thought was like, that's believable. So it's like, you get to live this like normal kind but of- But people would chase Beyonce on a bike. Oh, 100%. And I'm sure the, the friends that she's out with are like her bodyguards, you know? And yeah, and they're as, all as on they lime scooters with like a gun. Like, I just- <laughs> <laughs> The scooter is actually also a gun? Like, yeah, like artillery scooters. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There was a big thing. Do you ever go to Lucali in Carroll Gardens? Have you ever been there? No. It's like a pizza place that's like- like old cash only like they don't have anything on the menu sure, but like sure, pizza sure. and calzones and it's fucking good but it's like it's kind of a hassle to get in there because they don't take reservations it's like a whole thing mm. but uh beyonce and jay-z have been going there so it's like a whole thing and like people are like 
it's like kind of like, ooh, are they going to go? Because it's like their yeah. spot right now. And we took my friend there for his birthday because he really, he loves trying the different pizza spots and he hadn't been there yet. So like, we'll, we'll take him. And I kind of joked like, I wonder if Jay-Z and Beyonce will be there. Um, and then as we're sitting, guess who gets sat like across the room from us? Wow. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> literally i cannot think of a celebrity i would want to see less i was, I was like out. well what was funny was like the escalade pulled up because we're sitting outside like the escalade pulled up and like the agent definitely got out and started talking to the host and like schmoozing and i was like mm-hmm. wait someone's showing up like oh something's happening and the thing somebody. is like i don't normally i, I mean sure the same you're i'm sure you're the same way based on our conversation but it's like i've I don't like freak out when I see celebrities. I'm like, no. oh, that's cool, but like, I don't have any sort of like emotional attachment to it. Beyonce yeah. and Jay Z would be intense. Like, that would be really intense to see them. Like, that's that. like, it, but that's just like somebody who is larger than life. That's you know, like, that's like I running mean, into fucking Michael Jackson at this point. You I, know? Yeah, like, I, mean, I mean, it's like there's like five people. It's like for me, it would be like her, Gaga, like Oprah, like mm-hmm. Britney, like the people who are like famous in a way that is like planetary. Yeah, like every like you could go to a remote place and they would know who you were talking. Truly, about. like the the tribes that have never been disturbed ever like in the Amazon, yeah, they're, they're like, like yeah, oh, Britney Spears. Spears. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like but like so I was like if Jay-Z and Beyoncé show up, like that'll be kind of cool. And then yeah. The door opens and I went I so loud went no fucking way. Like <laughs> It was like, I was like, that's Ed fucking Sheeran. Like, cause it was like, he had the mask on, but obviously with his hair, it's like, unless it's it Rupert Grant, like <laughs> it's no, I would be actually more excited if it was Rupert. Absolutely. Had, but it like, wasn't, it was, it was a hardcore Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> Do you ever go, how do you feel about going alone to restaurants? Also, if we have to wrap it up, please feel free. We'll wrap up in a second, but I, you just okay. asked a question that I'm really into. So we'll talk about this and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. I am very pro alone restaurant i prefer a bar seating at a restaurant if i'm alone yes. to a table because mm-hmm. i do love a chat if the if i'll sense the energy of the bartender and if they're down to chat then like that's fun but yeah, like if 100%. i need to kill time like between like maybe i was like working and then i have a show at like nine and i don't like mm-hmm. a solo dinner at the bar with like a c- couple small plates and a cocktail heaven to yeah me. absolute it's, heaven to, to me, me like one of my favorite things to do yeah and like i have a friend who is like uh i think like i I know that you do it and I'm not saying this to like be rude to you, but I feel like to me, it's so deeply embarrassing to like go to a bar and have a drink by myself or like go to a restaurant and like eat dinner by myself. I feel like everyone's judging me. I feel like everyone's looking at me and I'm like, first of all, they're not. They're like, literally they're not. not. That, they're, they're literally not. That not. Interesting. They're there to eat. Like they don't care. They're, can you imagine just like someone walking to a bar sitting by themselves and you being like, Ugh, ew, yeah, like, <laughs> like what's wrong with that? Even if someone you know, is like, thinking that, like they're the loser a hundred percent. Yeah. No and it's like, maybe you're judgmental and that's why you think that people are judging you. But anyway, I, it's my favorite, favorite thing to do, especially when it's like, you know, I have the same thing as you. It's like, I just got out of work or like, I'm doing something here. And then I have to do something also in the area. I'm going to find like a place that I like that's equidistant between both. I'm going to like take the train there. I'm going to bring a book or I'm going to make sure my phone is charged. And I'm just going to like, enjoy this meal, like solo. And also, you know, chat, the chat with a bartender can be crucial, but you do have to like kind of suss it out. You have to suss yeah. it out, but it's all, yeah, a book can be nice. I also sometimes like will put my phone down and sort of have that be like, and just enjoy the ambiance of the room and have it be a li- sure. almost like, um, almost, this sounds so douchey, like almost like a meditation of just like sitting there no, quietly, 100%. sipping on like a martini or a glass of wine and having like whatever like thing I'm eating, like that mm. I love. Like, and I'll, so I'll usually pick like a, a restaurant with a room I really love, like one of my favorite sure. spots. Yeah. For that. Where do you, do you have a, do you have a, like a top three? I have a, I have like a very deep love for Walters in Fort Greene. <gasps> I love that restaurant so I much. I just went there for brunch the other day. Hell yeah. I love Walters. I love, I actually just really love that decal drag in general. I love Miss Ada. That's where I just had my birthday dinner. Mm. Um, I really love the fly in 
um, you, we live the that. Fly the fly. Is, Have you been to the fly? The, I live 30 feet from the fly. So I don't eat meat. So the fly is tricky for me. Oh, like that is hard. Chickens, that is hard. The ones that my, I was going to say my two favorite restaurants in, in New York are, uh, hearts and, um, the uh, servos, which okay. are all owned so by. I haven't been to, I haven't been to either of those yet. I'm going to hearts <gasps> for the first time next weekend. I'm so excited. Wait, um, you have to go. If wait, you let's ever want to go to servos with me. Let's go to we have to go. Also, one is that um, Melissa Rich really uh, lives really close. And so like there have been Mer- times where- I was like, going to say where and, she like, lives exactly. Like, and I'm not going to say that. I'm realizing that's like, no, this but it's is a like, public it's podcast. Pretty, it's close. pretty close. Um, but there have been several times where I go there and like she's having dinner there because she lives so close. And I'm like, you're living the dream. Secondly, um, yeah, my partner is really good friends with the people who own those restaurants. And so like- And I've heard they're very like, good people. Yeah, they're really, really kind. And they're just like young people with like a, like a young family. They're just like really good. But it's because now they know that I'm with my partner. It's like, I will go by myself to Servos and like the executive chef will like send me something. Uh, and it's like, oh my God, I didn't even order this tuna crudo. And it's the best thing that I ever had because it's free. And I got it for just existing in this restaurant. It's and I'm going to tip you 40%. Absolutely. Like yeah. And in if that way, it's not free, but go, it's fine. Please let me know. No, um, I'll, I'll, it's so much fun. I'm going to hit you up on that very, very soon. I, I truly promise. Um, and I want you just touch on something that is, I, I think the point we should wrap up on, mm-hmm. which is, I think like in a lot of like what we've been talking about today, another point about like going to restaurants and bars is like, if you hear that a restaurant is owned by good people, run by good people, if you sense that the servers who are working are in a good mood, are happy to be working there, that is like so much more important than like, to me at least, like obviously the food and the drinks and stuff need to be good, but they're going to be if the people who are making them, the people who are working about them are good people and happy. Like if you're, if you're like spot that you love, your server is always like sweating, red in the face, fucking miserable. Like, babe, I love you. You got to find a new spot. Like that's not the spot. spot. And actually help your, help that server find a new spot if you can. If you can. Yeah. But literally like support the places where people are doing it right on like an ethical, emotional level. It's also like, those are the places that are like, oh, somebody tested positive for COVID. We're going to shut down for the night to make sure all of our staff can get tested. 100%. Like, 100%. There are a million places who like, won't do that and will just like continue going and like, and like expose everybody. Bear, and like, yeah, and bury the info. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I love restaurants. Me I love too. bars. I love nightlife. I love going out. It's just all the best. Yeah, you were the perfect so guest. Many. This was such a good convo. Thank, Thank you so much for so coming much on. Fun. I'll see you at Servo soon. Thank you so soon. much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seasai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to Vinepair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible.